try not to have a good time, this is supposed to be educational. Charles M. Schultz. Recruitmentary. Empowering your employment. With our guest today, Kaylee Hood. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the next episode of the Recruitmentary Podcast. We're going to be talking today about networking as a hot topic. With us today is Kaylee Hood. Kaylee, how you doing? Good. How are you about yourself, Michael? Uh, you know what? We're having a bad passing storm here, but uh, you know what? I'm glad to be able to do this episode, have a great guest on. Happy to have you here. So that's my highlight for the day right now. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm happy to be here. Yes, ma'am. So uh, with our listeners that may not be familiar with your work and whatnot, just give us a give us an intro what you're about and where you found yourself to be in the career coaching platform now. For sure. So I actually sit in Calgary, Canada, and I've been an independent career coach for about eight months now. I ended up in the field kind of by accident because I was a corporate human resources professional for about five years prior. And in that space, I was uh, doing a lot of what I call the dirty work of HR. So managing uh, workplace complaints, understanding uh, reductions and planning people numbers and really managing a lot of layoffs and severance packages. And it was a really negative environment to be in. So what ended up happening was I woke up one day and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to use my skill set to help people. And I saw there was a gap with a lot of the people that were losing their jobs and that they didn't have the skill set necessarily to market themselves as a candidate in the job search. They had maybe hadn't written a resume for 10 or 15 years. They didn't realize that networking was the number one way to find a job in today's marketplace. So I launched Cage Career Coaching. Awesome. And you know, it's funny talking about having people that are not in the realm of having to do a resume. There's a friend of mine's sister, their company, they just gave a whole bunch of raises. They raised the minimum wage. It did all these wonderful things. And also on the flip turn of things, they laid a bunch of people off because those raises have to come from somewhere. And uh, unfortunately, they lost a job. They have had a consistent job at least for the past decade. So that's that's the only type of work that they know. That is the, they haven't, it's exactly the situation you're talking about. They don't know how to network. They haven't had to. Exactly. They haven't had to update their resume. And now this is a, they're like, it's, it's almost like being in the dating world again. It's like, all right, what do I, what do I do? This is so <laughs> foreign and different and, and networking. I mean, has, has, it's really changed what the job front or applying for a job used to be before you see a job you like, you go in, you make your, you know, intro, and then you just sort of go from there. And if they hire you, you hire you. They don't, they don't. There's so many other granular details, you know, that come into finding a job and essentially what networking is. You know, is that is that something that you're finding a lot of your candidates are struggling with as well? Definitely. I see a lot of people that come to me and say, well, I am networking. What am I doing wrong? And one look at some of the messages they're sending on LinkedIn or the emails they're sending to corporate folks. And I realize either A, they're not targeting the decision makers or B, they're basically coming from a place of scarcity, that place of desperation, which people can smell that on a person and that doesn't really help put their best fit forward and talk about how they can add value when they're desperately really sending messages to everyone saying, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. That's not really the intent of networking. Right. And it doesn't feel good either. I no. mean, when people feel that desperation, it's just, it's stinky. 
You know, it's really, it's, it's, the word. Yeah. it's just like, don't, don't do that. You know, and, <laughs> and the thing it's like is, the, it's like the car salesman, you know, like you get that car salesman, then you know that he's being slimy and then he's trying to make a deal with you. And that stereotypical car salesman is what you become when you're selling yourself in that way. If you think about it, and this is essentially what, I mean, when you go to network, but we're all pitching ourselves. Yeah. So if you, if you come in like a pop-up ad and you're like, please, please hire me, try me, do that. People, no, punch in the nose. Like, stop, stop, go away. They just, they shut down because you are so just in their face. And exactly. so, so coming back to your career branding and, and, and strategies, you know, what, what's your personal touch? What's your difference in, in how you approach things, you know, compared to other hiring or placement resources that you've seen and, and dealt with in the past? Yeah. So I noticed that a lot of placement resources, and I'm, I know I'm not speaking for everyone when I say this, is that a lot of them are very, very high level programs. Some of them are subsidized by the government. And a lot of resources that are available to job seekers are about the basics. I take things from the basics and I help motivated professionals, usually mid-career professionals and leaders, really amplify their careers. Mm -hmm. So it's taking things from good to great is the way I like to see it. So you might have a good resume, sure. But is it targeted to the employer of your choice? Is it targeted in the sense that it's showcasing your results in a relatable and transferable way with the skill sets that you've acquired over your lifetime. And are you and are you marketing that in a way that's going to grab the attention of the reader? So that's an example with resumes. And what I do is I combine this tactic, these job search tactics with a selling yourself attitude, but in a way that is positive because you need to have the right mindset to back it up. So I just finished completing a life coaching certification so that I can more effectively combine that mindset piece to the job search process. So it's not just about getting a job. It's about finding work-life alignment, really still paying your bills while being happy, right? So you don't have to wake up every Monday morning dreading to go to work. You can wake up excited and motivated and all of those values words that I often spend time deciphering with my clients. I do find that a lot of people who seek out, they seek out resume writers thinking that they're going to have the, and very similar to recruiters, you're going to find me a job and that's just not how it works but with the resume experience and, and this is something that I think this is also a misconception with I know some people that are resume writers are going to get upset for me saying this but hear me out and this is why I don't think that there is as much of a value in resume writing for an individual than there is for career coaching for an individual anybody can write a resume specific to one job experience not everybody can coach themselves or, or get coaching rather for their specific niche of experience and, and, and industry requirements and that may differ. So if you get one resume that's written, you know, for a specific project manager job or, or HR job, that is paper specific. You know, you need to know how to adapt that ability and that strategy from one to the other when you're employing a resume writer. I mean, that comes at an additional cost. And that's the valley really that I have been, you know, trying to employ with individuals that are, you know, have been listening to the podcast and tuning in and asking questions is give a man a fish. Okay, he's good. He's not hungry for that moment, that meal. He'll come back and he'll want another fish. But if you teach the man how to fish, he'll then provide for himself, for others around him, and then spread that wealth of knowledge and experience and teach others organically, you know, from, from that fallout of his network, you can build and then he is known as 
I guess in that experience would be the industry expert, you know, knowing how to fish. From there, can take those actionable skills and apply them in their relationships, their personal relationships, or other aspects of their life that aren't just career or even resume specific. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. It's funny that you use that uh, metaphor because I use that to describe my coaching practice quite regularly, actually. Because like you said, somebody might give you a resume, they can write it for you, great, but does that teach you how to then go and target a different type of posting later on in your lifetime? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And so my whole coaching philosophy is that I'm teaching people the skills that they need to find a job for the rest of their life. So no matter what situation they find themselves in, maybe they end up in a career that is no longer aligned with their values. Maybe they get laid off in the next downturn. They still have that skill set. Sure, they can always come back and I can support them through that process again. But really by working with me once, they should have the skill set and the tools in their toolbox to start to apply accomplishment statement writing, uh, networking capabilities and goal setting and cover letter writing and interview prep for the future. Right. And you're kind of a doing a pay once, learn forever type atmosphere and, and yeah. you know, model, if you will. And, and that's really what I also believe in. Well, you know, my background being officially marketing and design for consulting, if you do your project right the first time and you order your products, your business cards, your logos, thing, you know, the right, the right person, the right time and place, what ends up happening is once in five, 10 years down the road that you need to reorder things, those original files are still there. You know, you don't need to really go to somebody else and have it redone unless you want to do a complete rebranding, you know, which is very similar to what people do sometimes in five or 10 years down the road in their career life, you know, as well. As an interest, you know, for, for people who are looking to network, what do you do specifically yourself or suggest others to do to actively network or, or build their presence? I think it starts with goal setting and what's comfortable for the person. It really depends on where they're at in their in their networking skill set and capabilities. So if networking is something that terrifies you still, then start small. What's an easy place to network? Maybe it's even saying hello, how are you doing today to your barista, right? So I'm doing a series right now about baristas, but that's neither here nor there. I think the the point of the message is that you can you can network everywhere and anywhere. The I, the the idea is to get into the mindset of relationship building. The idea is to get in the mindset of adding value and making someone's day no matter where you are at. So start small. Start with what you're already doing. Are you going out for wings on Wednesday nights? Are you uh, going to the coffee shop every day at the same time and you see the same people? Are you going to the Little League games of your children and seeing the same parents? It's a matter of starting the conversation and saying hello, asking someone, what they're working on, what's exciting them lately, what they're doing with their lives and building a relationship based on commonalities. That's step one. Okay. So if I'm in a coffee shop and I see a really attractive girl behind the counter, do I go up and I hit on her? Does that count as networking? Hi, you're, you're hot. Um, what's your name? What do you do? Does that count? Probably not. <laughs> okay. You, know, you want to know why? <laughs> why? Why is that? Why is that? Because you're coming at it from your perspective versus theirs. Oh, so but I mean, maybe they don't know that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she doesn't know that. I, I want to let her know. Maybe it's something as simple as I like the way you've done your hair today. I see you every day. What's your name? Okay. And so you're that, still kind of hitting on her, but in a, in a way that's less about you and more about them. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm going to make some notes here. Hold on. Take one some notes. And, and that's where dating and networking are almost the exact same thing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I kid. I'm being facetious with it. But the thing is, is that people make it incredibly difficult. And I've found it in my own personal experience. One of the stories I just actually shared recently was I I had networked with a with a couple of companies a couple of months ago looking mm-hmm. for some marketing work. You know, contracts come up and one really sounded you know pretty well. And they didn't release the, the company's name. Once I did talk to this particular uh, staffing firm, I realized, okay, I did a little research and I was really appalled by the reviews that I was seeing with this company. You know, they were dealing with Christian books and things of that nature, but they were just the way that they were doing things professionally, the reviews were, were reflecting and a lot of the authors were just really, really upset about it. Mm-hmm. And I just went, you know, I really, I can't work with a company that's going to be such a high conflict of interest like that. So I passed on it. Somebody who answered the phone was really nice and helpful. We started talking about, you know, other work-related things. I connected with them on LinkedIn. The original person who reached out to me, I connected with them. The second person that reached out to me, I connected with them. And then I started realizing, okay, you know, I have a small group of people that I've, you know, three, four, five different people that I've connected with in this one company. And then other people started, you know, on LinkedIn started to be recommendations for connections. One being somebody who was a, a focal point to connect with in, in my area, in the area. And I connected, I, we, I didn't know her. We we talked, sent uh, very few messages back and forth. And then last week, there was a uh, an event that I went to, a huge event. I walked around it twice, came back around a second time in a recessed area where there was a crowd of people. I didn't realize there was tables back there. And lo and behold, it's this one person who I didn't speak with. And I saw her from far away. I said, oh, that's that's got to be, the, you know, Pearl was her I said, oh, that's got to be Pearl. She turned around, she went, Michael. And I went, oh, wow. She did, you know, so it was, just, it was nice because it was one of those things where we got to know each other without knowing each other. We did follow each other's work. We've been super busy where we haven't been able to keep, you know, keep in contact back and forth. But A, we knew who we were. B, we knew what we were about. And C, she remembered obviously the type of work that I was doing because we started talking immediately about marketing and I had a referral of work right then and there. And and it just makes that much more of an impacted experience because this is in person. Sometimes people find that to be a little bit difficult. You had that warm referral of having the ability of getting to know somebody on a platform like LinkedIn and then being able to transfer that from, you know, the, the digital platform to the real platform and, and have that same conversation in person, which is awesome. And then that connection will will build from there and then other people that I network based on that event and you know that I met there that it's just really really cool the way it works out like that yeah I know it's it's incredible I always say that the connection that is going to be the most powerful is the one you least expect so you really never know if you're going to meet your soulmate tomorrow right to relate this back to dating again you really never know if you're going to meet your career soulmate tomorrow either right so it's a matter of being open-minded to that aspect in the first place putting yourself out there and really just saying hello start with hello my name is so-and-so how are you today that's all you need to start a conversation and now you're networking I agree and it's the easiest thing to do what I will say though and I usually have other people share stories but I was at a um, I was at one of those events oh, man this must have been the end of last year a woman who had already she had already pre-gamed before the event started and it was a nice little like hole in the wall pub uh, downtown and she I mean, she was basically holding herself up with the side of my body. That's how many drinks that she's had. And I mean, either she just, and she was telling me she's not very good at networking. I'm like, well, you got a pretty good start going on here. This is not how you expect it, but hey, I mean, if you're gonna, you know, you go hard or go home, you know? So 
I applaud her for her efforts. I don't know how she got back because she was like, yeah, I'm going to go home now. I'm like, are you sure? Like, do you want to call an Uber or something? Because <laughs> I'm generally like, I don't know you and I can see that you're sloppy drunk, but I am generally concerned about you getting, you know, getting home safely. So it, it really just depends. I mean, again, on the comfort level and the availability of people that are around you, there's, I like to recommend, you know, meetup events as well. Try to avoid the ones that are paying. Um, I've gone to a few of those that are 15 or $20. And if they're not really, if it's not really something that you've been to, make sure that it's worthwhile because it may just be, you know, wasted money. What, what really seems to be like the biggest struggle that you see with a lot of the candidates or people that you come across in terms of networking in general? I think the biggest struggle is people don't know how to strike up a conversation that isn't, I need a job because they can't get out of that mindset. So I think the biggest struggle is seeing it from the employer the, or the recruiter or the person on the other end of the phone, seeing it from their perspective. Because when you call somebody up and you only have your selfish interests in mind, it doesn't work. And people do the same thing over and over and over again and see zero results and can't seem to understand why that they've connected with 50,000 people on LinkedIn that none of them want to give them a job because their surface level connections and their transactional connections versus relationships. So the biggest struggle I think people have is getting beyond the surface and moving past that mindset of desperation to a mindset of I can add value. I am a value human being I am enough as I am and I can help others and I'm genuinely interested in these people I'm connecting with that has to be real if it's not networking is not gonna work out very well for you because again it goes back to the transaction so you're basically telling me I can't just show up to somebody and just drop all of my professional career baggage on them and say please help me find a job it doesn't it doesn't work like that is that is that what I'm hearing <laughs> that's what you're hearing Michael oh, man. <laughs> You're so, killing all my fun here. I know. I, I know right. complaining is easy too. I hear yes. it a lot. People will show up at an event and complain about how they were laid off, how their manager didn't treat them well, how their whatever it is. It doesn't work for them. It, uh, it leaves a negative taste and it really doesn't add any value to the person that they're trying to engage with. I agree. And unfortunately, you know, I, I have those very same conversations. I had a guy who was, and, and again, with recruitmentary, that's something that I focus in on. I have no problems addressing issues with people, talking to them, regardless of what it is. I don't want to hear any complaining. And I make that a very firm statement for the process because there is enough of, ne you know, enough of that negativity going on. I want to make that change and I want to start with the person who I'm talking with. And I want them to identify that for a bigger conversation, a bigger change in their life. So anybody who's who's listening, again, I welcome any conversation that is going to, to lead to a, a clearer, bigger outcome rather than just... I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck in the rut with anybody. You know, I, I will support anybody and work with them and, and give them the necessary skills and tools and things of that nature. But there was the reason why I say this is there was a, there was a guy, this was on LinkedIn. He wasn't, you can tell he just was sort of, uh, woe is me. He was like a big Eeyore and you know, oh, I lost my house. I was going through a divorce and listen, not for nothing, but nobody wants to hear those things publicly constantly. You deal with them. I mean, we all have those things happen, but it happened. 
move on, build from that, learn from that. And it's just, if you just, if you keep in that rut and you keep in those conversations and that rhetoric, people are going to associate your pain with your personality. And, and they're two separate entities. We have reactions to things based on our emotional attachment to them. Nobody wants to hear the word no. You know, it's just, we want to hear yes. We want to hear options, but unfortunately not everybody is tuned into our frequency or our pain points or our struggles. They have their own, you know, worries and mouths to feed and things of that nature. You know, the first thing that you really need to change, I would say, uh, and especially with this individual is just, you know, change your attitude, be receptive to new opportunities and options and, you know, start from there. Start just being around a different group of people. That was one thing that I realized when I was networking. Challenge yourself to talk to at least 10 different people. And if there is somebody who you don't think you could have any conversation with whatsoever, you know, nothing in common with, talk to that person specifically. And, and if it doesn't work out, then you know, you learn something and you can pick that up from the next time. Totally. You've touched on to a couple of things there really one is the solution focused mindset which is what i subscribe to in my life coaching practice that i do so i basically like i said i combine life coaching processes with uh, the career the career search or the job search. And it's all about looking forward. So you can sit there and you can dwell on your past all day long. If you need to work through something in your past, sure, go get the help that you need. But if you want to move forward, you have to take strides in that direction. If you want to get a job tomorrow, what step or what baby step are you taking today? If you want to get a very specific job or you're looking for a specific lifestyle, work-life balance, then what steps do you actually need to take today to get there? That's the goal setting piece of this. And networking is no different. If you want to make connections in your industry in order to leverage a community of people that are like-minded, that potentially have projects that you would be a good fit for, then you need to set some goals. You need to decide how many people you want to talk to tomorrow in order to leverage yourself into that community two, three years down the line. I agree. And I follow that up with two trains of thought that I usually share with people. And one, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's the definition of insanity. It's somebody doing the same thing again and again and again, the same exact manner, and they're expecting a completely different outcome. And it's just not going to happen. If you keep getting the same results, change the medium, change the way, change the process and the steps that you're taking, because obviously those steps are leading you to the same result that you're not happy with. I mean, again, you wouldn't be upset if it's successful. Hey, let me keep doing this and keep winning the lotto or keep landing these jobs jobs or keep being successful. People don't complain when it works like that. They only do it when it doesn't. That's number one. The second one that I like to say to people is headlights only work in one direction. There's a reason why they don't work looking back. It's because yes. you're supposed to be focused looking forward for where you are. Now, if you take your eyes off the road and you look back, you're going to end up crashing the car because you're too focused on what's behind you. Meanwhile, the lights are focused on what's in front of you, what's ahead. And that is super important if you're too focused on behind. But <laughs> That is, I mean, that is the reality of how things work. Great, great, great points. When we uh, we usually wrap up our episodes, what I like to say is some some horror stories and placement stories. So if you could share with us a maybe one candidate horror story that you had, somebody that you were working with and just was really just up there as one of the top five, you know, things that you would make you want to quit doing what you do and, you know, finishing up with maybe something really, really awesome, really, you know, inspirational or something that is memorable for a candidate that you've worked with as well. Definitely. So in terms of horror stories, 
story, immediately a certain individual came to my mind. Um, so it was in my days when I used to be a recruiter. This person looked perfect on paper. This person interviewed well, knew the behavioral interview process. So perhaps he had a coach, but essentially he, he was the ideal candidate. So of course we extended him an offer, but this goes back to the importance of honesty. So what ended up happening is despite his abilities to showcase his skills, both on paper and in the interview, he could not show up to work. I'm not sure why he could show up to the interview, but he did not show up for his first day of training. He had an excuse for his second day of training. His excuse on the third day was that the gate was locked and he didn't know how to get in and didn't bother to call anybody. And I really didn't know how to tell the hiring manager that we'd failed <laughs> in this scenario yeah. because he looked perfect. And so I think that's the, that's my biggest horror story is that lying doesn't work out for you because at the end of the day, this person didn't have a job within three days because they didn't show up for those first three days. Right. So we called him and told him never to come back. So, I mean, you can, you can fluff your way to a, to an offer letter. Sure. After that, if you're still not representing yourself in a way that's effective, you're not showing up, you're not saying what you're doing, what you're saying you're going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And you you can't do all the things that are on your resume then that's not gonna that's not gonna end well either right so it's one thing to look good on paper it's another thing to practice what you preach and be the person that you want to be wow did they give him the right address or i mean was he was he at the right place i mean that's that's bizarre yeah. it was super bizarre we actually ended up calling one of his previous employers who refused to comment on his performance and, <laughs> oh. uh, even though we had done a background check our oh. background check process was kind of sketchy at the time, let's say. I won't Ooh. tell you who I was working for. Uh -huh. But essentially, what ended up happening is he disclosed to us that he was he was completely banned from returning to the premises of his previous employer. Okay, that's crazy. So yeah. that was our that was enough for us to say we're done here. Yeah. And because it hadn't even been a week of his employment at that point. So at that point, it's within that 30-day trial period. We decided to cut our losses right. and so that was an interesting lesson that really this guy still doesn't have a job at the end of the day. I, I mean, it's just strange that you can't That's find so the entrance. I mean, dude, look, look at the GPS. You are here and then match the match the numbers with the wall number plaque. And, and that's it. I don't. I didn't understand myself. <laughs> I don't. I, you know what? I was pretty concerned for his well-being, to be honest. I can understand why that would make your top five list and immediately stand out in your mind because there's there's no way you'd forget that. It's well. Well, that's that's the horror story. What's what's uh what's something awesome that's happened in your in your line of experience? Something that's awesome. I've actually been fairly fortunate, despite my uh, HR career during an economic downturn here in Calgary. I've had I've worked with some really amazing people and some really amazing leaders. I I think though one of my more recent experiences as well. I've been helping new immigrants to Canada in their job search, and one of my very very first clients when I launched my business in November of last year, he he got himself a job. We rebranded him mm -hmm. from an engineering field to a sales field. And so it's all about transferable skills, all about that full rebrand like we were talking about earlier. And he got himself a job in Canada in sales within three months of working together.
together. And that's the kind of thing that warms my heart is knowing that I've worked with somebody and coached somebody to the point that they can feed themselves for life. Just like the quote, I just want to do more of that day in, day out. That's why I do what I do. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, thanks for, for taking the time to be on the episode with us, Kaylee. I really do appreciate it. It's been a fabulous experience. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. You can find Kaylee on LinkedIn. You can also learn more about her career coaching resources and options through her website, KH careercoaching.com. That is K-H as in the letters, careercoaching.com. You can also email her directly at coach at kayleehood.com. Thanks again, Kaylee. Thank you so much. Have your own recruiter or candidate story that you'd like to share with us? If you're listening on YouTube, comment below. Otherwise, feel free to email your experience to ask at recruitmentry.com. You can find our full conversation of this episode on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash recruitmentry. Thanks for checking out this episode and feel free to like, subscribe and share the content. A Mike Tech Studios production.